Yo, what up everybody? This is Mark from Suicide Silence. Brian Fair from Shadows Fall. Gary Hall from Exodus and recently retired from Slayer. Chris from Bad Wolves. It's Joe from Briar Rose. Tyler Burgess here. And I'm... This is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder. Yo, yo, yo. Igor Cavalera here. Hey, this is Charlie Lanthrax. I just want to give a shout out to Pedalton Metal Radio, the podcast. The podcast to get all your rock and metal news plus reviews. With new episodes dropping every Sunday, make sure you tune in. Keep rocking with Pedal to the Metal. Check it out now, you motherfuckers. Keep it metal. Hell yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting edition of Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. I'm your main man here, Eddie Monster, and uh, we had quite the power-packed week this week. That's right. We had not one, but two episodes released this week. That's right. We had our... Regular Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast episode, plus we had an episode of Monster House Records Club, all dedicated to the people of the Ukraine who are still, still currently embattled in that mess going on thanks to the, uh, to the Russian leader known as Putin. Or as I like to call him in Portuguese, the puta. But anyways, so we're moving on. And, uh, I mean, we're still paying tribute to the Ukraine. Um, those The people are, are, it's just such a mess right now. I mean, everything is, is totally, totally just a mess. I mean, the w- whole world is a mess. It's just unfortunate this is happening to them. Uh, but we've got a great episode for you guys this week. We've got uh, two bands you should know artists. We have an unsigned band of the week. That's right. We've got rock and metal news. We've got all that stuff that you guys look forward to every week, week in and week out. That's right. But right now, it's time for the social media side of things. That's right. For most of the links, whether you want to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, all those links are included, and they are in the description. So make sure you click on the description of every episode and you click on the links and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But the one link that I will always promote is pedal to the metal radio show.blogspot.com. Again, pedal to the metal radio show.blogspot.com. That is the place to go if you want to listen to new or archived episodes of the show, whether it be on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Google, wherever you get your links, it'll be there. If you are in a band, if you are a promoter, if you're a label, if you're in a band and you're signed or unsigned, I should have said that in the beginning, email me at pedal to the metal radio show at gmail.com. Again, pedal to the metal radio show at gmail.com. Let's get this hooked up. Let's get you on the show. Again, I'm hoping 2022 is going to be a promising year. I hope so. Uh, season two is coming to a close pretty soon. That's right. We do we do seasons on this, and in season two, is uh, coming to a pretty close close. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, we promised some things for season two. I think we delivered. As far as that was concerned, we're gonna try for the the same kind of goal for season three. Although we're gonna try to add some things onto there because we wanna we wanna make this show expand. We wanna make it as big as we possibly can. Let's keep metal and rock music alive, people. That's what it's all about. Uh, but nonetheless, like I said, we got a great episode, and we're going to kick it off right now with our first Bands You Should Know artist. And the band that I got for you guys, the minute I saw a name attached to it, I had to gravitate towards it. That's right. I'm talking about the band known as Hell's Abyss. And as the dust settles for some, Hell's Abyss is throwing down one hell of a speedball, their new lucky 13-track album entitled Blow, and it's set to smack listeners and fans worldwide into an epic hard rock journey that is nothing to sniff at. Tried and tested? What are you talking about? Stereotypical? Nope. Hell's Abyss are more than just a band and fall very nicely into unique and unexpected. If you like moody, strong, dynamic hard rock with screaming guitar solos, crunchy riffs, thumping bass and drums, then this is the album for you. But be warned, Hell's Abyss will assault your every emotion. 
And the reason I gravitated towards this, the band is releasing their third studio album on March 18th. And it's called Blow. And one of the tracks features a screaming guitar solo appearance by former Rob Zombie guitarist Riggs. Now, for those of you that are like, why did I gravitate towards this? The first time I ever saw Riggs, I believe was OzFest 99, I believe. And the ensuing times that I had seen Riggs was like the Demon Speeding Tour, the Merry Mayhem Tour, uh, various other tours like that with Rob Zombie. And every single time, me and my you know best friend would sit there and be like, man, what is he using for a guitar tone? Because it was just so heavy that we were like, holy fuck, this was amazing. And this is like 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. I believe it was 0203. And we're like, fuck, man, that, that, that guitar tone is fucking insane. And we became Riggs fans ever since then. You know, Riggs did the uh, scum of the earth stuff. But uh, it's good to see that Riggs is still around and he's still messing around. And we are happy to play this track on the show. This features Riggs. This is Hell's Abyss. This is Cover and Run featuring Riggs right here on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. Dark and blue. 
is time for Rock and Metal News, presented by Eddie Monster. Yes, all right, everybody, Rock and Metal News time. Uh, so, as we said, we're continuing on this this uh, whole because the Ukraine thing is is huge. It's, it's news. It's everywhere. It's in our faces. Uh, and Ramstein is showing their support for the Ukraine um, by basically just coming out and saying, we want to remember the humanity shared by both Russian and Ukrainian citizens. So they are supporting um, they're supporting the idea that you got to remember that not every Russian citizen wants this. There are Russian citizens who are against what Vladimir Putin is doing. And that's what they're trying to get you to remember. Uh, the brand, the band Ramstein wishes to express its support for the nation of Ukraine as it resists the shocking attack perpetrated by the Russian government. Above all, at this moment, we feel particular, particular grief for the suffering of the Ukrainian people. Each member of the band has various experiences of the two countries. All members of the band have friends, associates, partners, fans in both lands. We acknowledge the desperation that many Russian fans may feel when faced with the actions of their government. We want to remember that the humanity shared by both Russian and Ukrainian citizens. And, um, yeah, so... You know they're 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 showing their support and they're trying to remind you that hey listen, you know not every and and it makes sense because here's the thing. Who better to know that idea than the Germans themselves? Remembering that not every German was a Nazi, okay? There were a lot of Germans that did not support it, or or had no choice at the time. It was either that or death. But you got to remember this humanity and everything, right? So, uh, X Japan's Yoshiki has uh, donated about eighty-seven thousand. It comes out to eighty-seven thousand dollars, but it's one million yen. So he's donated one million yen to the Ukraine Humanitarian Crisis Emergency Assistance Fund. Um, but better yet, uh, I guess Yoshiki basically asked his fans. To uh, help raise some money, and and they came through. Uh, Yoshiki's fans right now have roughly donated 524 million yen, which is just over 4.5 million dollars in American money. And this is what Yoshiki said, and the and the um, tweet was translated. It says, "The power of love is amazing. I pray for peace." Praying for peace. So, as you all know, Yoshiki is just w- one of many number of voices in the rock and metal community speaking out against Russian aggression and attempting to help the Ukrainian people. We all know that. Um, that's incredible. Incredible. Ex-Japan fans, you should be happy. You should be proud of yourselves for doing that. That's incredible. Uh, Amana Marth is speaking out, specifically Johan Hegg. The vocalist, and he says, uh, My lyrics are often about glorious battles and brave warriors, but they're just stories, sometimes based on history. That doesn't mean I condone war as a matter of solving conflicts. War is never a solution to any dispute, it can only generate more animosity and hate between people. Right now, Putin has invaded the Ukraine, a democratic, sovereign state, and though this is far from the only weaponized conflict in the world it has affected me deeply i thought we as europeans were past this especially considering our troubled past my hope is that putin will end this attack on ukraine and that peace will be restored in europe my fear is that even if this happens it will take a very long time for trust to return between russia and the rest of the world i stand with ukraine and all russians who oppose this war. And again, like I said, 
you know, lots of guys. And we saw it on, uh, <clears throat> oh, you heard it on the episode of Mont's House Records Club. We had uh, Behemoth is uh, donating the money from all their rare merch sold. Uh, we saw Slaughter to Prevail's vocalist made it very clear that he was against war. Uh, we heard Corey Taylor um, and his son send the message of love to the Ukrainians. And also, here's an announcement from Slipknot. Unfortunately, we will be post- postponing our Kiev, Moscow, and Minsk performances. New dates will be forthcoming. We had looked forward to reuniting with our fans in these incredible cities, coming back together after global lockdown, but we take the step in support of our community and solidarity with the people of Ukraine for whom the struggle continues in a new and more terrible form. We also acknowledge that our Russian and Belarusian fans are overwhelmingly united with the Ukrainians in their fight for peace. The safety and well-being of our global families is and always will be our top priorities. So there you go. That's Slipknot, the band, sending an overall message. Uh, Wage war. So this is the sad thing. So Ginger... Right, because they're stuck in Ukraine right now, uh, had to cancel their North American tour dates. They were part of the uh, first leg of uh, the Slipknot tour, and uh, they had to basically cancel. And um, yeah, they're and it sucks. It sucks. You know, so Wage War is replacing Ginger. On those tour dates that start uh, March 16th in Fargo, North Dakota. And it runs all the way to April 17th in Vancouver, British Columbia. And as you know, the second half is with Cypress Hill and Horror. Which starts uh, May 18th and runs all the way to June 18th. So, there you go on that. Uh, Olver's record label has released a compilation to benefit Ukraine. So, there you go. Uh also, Mythology has uh, released their brand new compilation, Slava Ukraine, Ukraini, to benefit the Ukrainian people as the Russian army, uh, obviously, as we know, continues their assault. And the compilation features tracks from Oliver, Daniel Sullivan, Steon Westerhouse, and a shit ton more. So make sure you check that out. I'm going to try to post the link to this uh, compilation in the description. So you guys can check it out yourselves. Um, you can download a copy, and all the proceeds from the compilation will go to the International Community of the Red Cross. Um, so remember that. <clears throat> In unfortunate news, uh, Watain has been forced to drop off the Mayhem and Midnight Tour, and it's all because of uh, visa issues, apparently. Um, we regret to inform you that all... We regret to inform you all that due to reasons entirely beyond our control, we're forced to cancel our participation in the upcoming U.S. tour with Mayhem and Midnight, for which we were due to leave tomorrow. We have just been informed that the U.S. Embassy have decided to launch an additional undisclosed administrative process in relation to Watain's visa applications. We've been told that this investigation could go on for months and that we might not get a reply until the tour is over. And it continues on to say, um, since we have not been given any additional information about why this is taking place, how long it'll take, or if the visas will eventually be approved, it leaves us with no choice but to pull out of the tour. And uh, basically it's the same embassy that they've... uh, had working applications approved every single time but for some reason uh this time it's not happening so the tour was supposed to kick off march 7th in san francisco and was going to go all the way to april 3rd in Joliet, illinois and unfortunately they can't be on it which sucks i wanted to go to that show so bad the uh worcester show which was march 25th apparently i will not be going now so there you go uh mantis Wants Venom's classic lineup to reunite for Black Metal's 40th anniversary. That's right. Guitarist Jeff Mantis Dunn wants the lineup to get back together. And as you know, the lineup was Mantis, drummer Anthony Abaddon Bray, and bassist and vocalist 
Conrad Kronos Lant. Uh, Mantis left the band in 2002, and he eventually would form Venom Incorporated with Abaddon, who would uh, leave the group in 2018. But here's what he said, and uh, let's check out the audio. It is Venom Trio on, on the best of terms. Best of terms? That's putting it lightly. <laughs> no, you, you know what it is. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking stick this out there, right? And say this, you know, because, I mean, I'll never retract anything I've said because I'm sorry, but it's true. Regardless of what him or him thinks or their allies think, it's true. It's just as simple as that. I'm not going to go out there and blatantly talk a load of bollocks like one of us did. Um, you know, what I've said is absolutely true. And I've put it in print into the book as well. It's there, right? It's absolutely true. Um, but, you know, we're at that age now. You know, I'm 60. You know, Bray's like 61. Conrad's, what, 58, 59? You know, we've just been through a massive fucking pandemic where nobody's done anything. We've got fucking war in Europe at the minute. Oh, everything that we've been through, it fucking pales into insignificance. It's fucking bollocks. But like I say, I'll never fucking say sorry. I'll never fucking turn around and go, yeah, well, I didn't fucking mean that. It's like, what I said was fucking true. But... We missed a 25th anniversary, right? We didn't celebrate a 30th anniversary. And it's like, you know, for a band who had such a fucking impact, right? And again, my friends, I still find it difficult to take in myself. You know, like people saying like, you know, when I did the interviews for the 40th anniversary of Welcome to Hell, there's another anniversary we fucking missed. Nothing done about it. Just it just passed. But the the thing was, you know, got this, got these interviews in, and the, the the people were saying to me, you know, on camera like I am now, you know, when I was doing video interviews, people were saying like, fucking, hell, you just don't realise the importance of what you did. I don't, right? Because I suppose we were so close to it, and you know. I've said a million times, I was just a fucking kid writing tunes in me fucking bedroom, living with me mom, you know? And I was lucky, people fucking dig them, you know? But it's like, could we not just fucking celebrate this for once? You know, I mean, fucking hell, I've already died once, you know? Fucking, ye haven't got long, and ye haven't got long, because I know what you've fucking done to yourselves, you know? It's like, so, you know, when this, the, the, the Keep It True thing came along, I thought, yes, yes, I'm going to fucking do it because no fucker else is. Nobody else is going to go out there and celebrate, celebrate this fucking album. Monumental fucking album. Well, there you go. Well, maybe somebody will go out and celebrate it. But right now we're going to take a little bit of a break because we're going to check out our unsigned band of the week. And this is a special one, everybody. I am always proud to check out new bands, especially bands that come from my neck of the woods. That's right. Pedal to the Metal Radio is proud to present a band from Boston, Mass., who is going to be celebrating their album release on April 29th at Ralph's in Worcester. That's right. I'm talking about Illusion's End. And for those of you that want to check out the band, go to facebook.com forward slash Welcome to Illusions End. There you go. These guys are a badass rock band that does not surprise me in the least bit that they come from Boston. Boston's had some of the best rock bands to ever exist, and these guys have a rejuvenated energy that has been missing in rock for such a long time. So make sure you go to the show. It's Ralph's Rock Diner in Worcester, Mass. The cover is 5 bucks. You get to see Illusions End, the record release. You get to also see special guests play along with them, like Firstborn and Dead Harrison and many, many more. So this 
is going to be awesome. Check it out. And right now, we are going to check out a track from the band's release, Forms of Reality, which I am proud to play. And I really dug this song. So this song is called Catalyst, and it's right here on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. Everybody, more rock and metal news for all of you. 
And we've got a lot of tour news going on right now. Black Label Society and Nita Strauss have announced a U.S. tour. That's right. And it's a fairly uh, pretty extensive one, to, to put it to that. Um, so Black Label Society recently released Doom Crew Incorporated in 2021. And Strauss is currently working on her new album, which is going to be half instrumental, half vocals. But anyways, the tour kicks off April 30th in San Diego, California, and it goes all the way to May 21st in Inwood, West Virginia is where it ends. Um, they said extensive, but it doesn't look pretty extensive to me. But nonetheless, it hits some areas of the country, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Guar has announced a U.S. tour with Crowbar, the Native Howl, and Necro Goblicon, who I love. Uh, but nonetheless... Uh, the tour is about a month ahead. Guar has a new album coming out called The New Dark Ages. So when the tour starts, it's about a month away from there. Uh, pre-orders are are available. But anyways, that is three dates, uh, which features just the Native Howl Necrogoblicon, which is May 19th in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then on May 23rd, Crowbar joins the tour in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And that runs all the way to June 17th in Reading, Pennsylvania. And they've got a cool-ass date on June 16th at the Strand in Providence. I'll be uh, looking forward to that for sure. Uh, Metallica in the news again. That's right. Kirk Hammett apparently is working on a comic. And the working title is Knights of Lono. Um, So he's got a new solo EP coming out called Portals. And he's working on a comic series called Knights of Lono with Marcel Feldmar. And the uh, comic is due out via AMC's new publishing arm, AMC Networks Publishing. And apparently, here's how it is described. Hammett and Feldmar's Knights of Lono, which is a working title, tells the story of a troubled female detective in 1989 Hawaii who was hired to find King Kamahama's tomb before it is discovered by an unscrupulous occultist from the mainland. A mix of mystery and supernatural adventure, the story is a self-aware journey through standard detective tropes and cliches that are sharpened and given new life with fresh takes on the myths and folklore of the Hawaiian islands. Hammond had this to say, I am incredibly proud to share the official launch announcement of AMCN's publishing. Excited to partner with award-winning creatives and companies to further engage AMC TV's passionate fan bases with the stories and characters they love. So be on the lookout for that. It's pretty cool. Uh, I'll be sure to be on the lookout for that as well. I'll do some uh, reporting on it. Uh, Bruce Dickinson apparently has half of a solo album already written. That's right. The legendary Iron Maiden vocalist. Um, apparently he's been working on a solo record and, uh, he's got about 50 and 70% of the material for the album between somewhere right there as he collaborates with, uh, tyranny of souls collaborator, Roy Z Ramirez. Here's what he says. I've been working on it off and on since tyranny of souls, but between lockdowns and albums and maiden tours and everything else, I'm looking for a clear space to actually nail and say, okay, this is what it's going to be. And get to put some backing tracks down. And then we can do it. So we're at the point now where we've already got, I don't know, anywhere between 50 and 70% of the material for the album. Depending on what we pick from things we've already got. And I think we'd like to tweak it a little bit. So I've got some time. When I finish this tour in March, I've got three weeks in L.A. And so I'm going to be tweaking a few things with Roy. And we'll see where we get to. And if we get to the point where we can start putting backing tracks down, then I'll be off touring with Maiden, and you can be chipping away doing the backing tracks. And the technology exists now, of course, which didn't exist back in the day, to just get on a Zoom call with him and take a listen. We've already, we're, we were already going that way on Tyranny of Souls. He actually sent me a CD of the backing tracks, just rough, no guitar solos, just rough. And I put a set of headphones on. I was in Japan on tour at the time. And I just walked through the streets of Tokyo at like 9 in the morning with a notepad, mentally writing words and melodies, and just flew back to L.A. and did the vocals. And that worked out great. Tyranny of Souls is a great album. There you go. 
So uh, apparently he's uh, right now he's doing his spoken word tour and he's been doing some Tyranny of Souls uh, stuff a cappella. At least he did it at the March 1st stop. Uh, I don't know if he did it on any of the other ones, but if you get a chance to check that out, I would suggest you do so. All right. So most of 2021, as you all know, we reported on it a dozen or so times. And we never really heard from one side. We only heard from the other side. And as we all know, Marilyn Manson has been quite the story um, as he's being sued by uh, Evan Rachel Wood and Ilma Gore and, and so many others have spoken out against him that now he is releasing his side of the story, sort of, so to speak. Uh, But he is suing her. On March 2nd, he filed for defamation, emotional distress, and impersonation over the internet. Um, So the lawsuit apparently, Manson's lawyer accuses Wood and Gore of conspiring to paint Manson as a rapist and abuser. Uh, This lawsuit from Manson surfaces only a few weeks after Wood's documentary Phoenix Rising was announced to be released on HBO. Now, Manson has issued a brief statement, and uh, here's what he said on his Instagram account. There will come a time when I can share more about the events of the past year. Until then, I'm going to let the facts speak for themselves. So apparently, and this is pretty cool, if you want to actually check it out, I'm going to post this link. You can check out the entirety of his lawsuit because he has shared it on his Google Drive with public access. So according to the lawsuit, it arises from the wrongful and illegal acts done in furtherance of a conspiracy by defendant Evan Rachel Wood and her on-again, off-again romantic partner, defendant Ashley Gore, a.k.a. Ilma Gore, to publicly class cast plaintiff Brian Warner, publicly known as Marilyn Manson, as a rapist and abuser, a malicious falsehood that has derailed Warner's successful music, television, and film career. So there you go. I will p- try to post the link to this so you guys can read the full lawsuit. Um, but a lot of things have been said, and it was only a matter of time till we heard from Manson, and now we have finally... Seen the beginning of it, so we're we're seeing the beginning of it. Uh, and another story that 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 um, kind of was bizarre, but uh, X make them suffer keyboardist Book of Nile is apparently denying sexual assault claims, and she has the authorities involved. So she was uh, recently accused of sexual assault. And she said that she was going to address the allegations, which she now has. Um, And she denies the claims made against her. And here's what she said. I categorically deny the allegations made against me. I understand that without a statement from the alleged victim, this whole incident is hearsay, which is exactly what it is. He does not want any part in this mess due to being vilified publicly by the same person I am now being vilified by too. I have permission to post a screenshot below from their best friend who was the only person they trusted to share the secret of our affair during the time that we were seeing each other. While it's not proof of my innocence, it does provide necessary context to other carefully selected screenshots that have been used to falsely accuse me. I completely own that bragging about intercourse in the way that I did using the language I did is not in line with the person I hold myself up to be. I am deeply ashamed of myself for taking for talking like this in an attempt to come across powerful or cool. I have attached the other screenshots from that conversation as some context too. Against while it's not proof of my innocence, it does provide more context. The reason that he was checking with me and said should we be doing this is because we were doing it behind his best friend's back, who was an ex-lover of mine, and who I was feeling angry and hurt by. 
He was doing this. He was doing the right thing by me by checking that we were both okay with moving forward. He and I had a sexual relationship over several months, and every time it was consensual. He has no desire to get caught up in this sordid mess at this stage and wishes to remain out of it and anonymous, so therefore he cannot corroborate my story. This, however, the truth, right now I am moving forward with my life. I've always worked in the mental health and disability space, and I will not let false accusations stop me from continuing to help people. I have moved home with my parents and am spending the time improving myself so that I can be a better friend, artist, and carer. This matter is now in the hands of the authorities, and I won't be making any further comments on the matter. So there you go. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what is going on here. Um, to be perfectly honest, I don't know exactly. I mean, I don't know. I mean, sexual assault. I mean, was he underage? Was he, um, or was this guy just being a dick? Like, oh, she sexually assaulted my best friend because she was mad at me. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with that. Uh, Pamela Anderson in our last story. So we talked about Pam and Tommy, and we talked about how ridiculous the show seems. We heard from John Karabi. I haven't really heard much from anybody else, to be perfectly honest. But uh, Pamela Anderson is coming out with her own Netflix movie, uh, which is a response to Pam and Tommy. Pamela Anderson had already said when they announced the series that she would not be watching the show and she had no involvement whatsoever. But now she has her own Netflix film, which she's described as an intimate portrait embedded in the life of Pamela Anderson as she looks back at her professional and personal path and prepares for the next steps on her journey. Uh, she created a message on her Instagram and she posted this. Uh, it has a Netflix logo on the top, but it says this. My life, a thousand imperfections, a million misperceptions, wicked, wild, lost, and nothing to live up to. I can only surprise you. Not a victim, but a survivor and alive to tell the real story. So the Netflix movie is directed by Ryan White and was co-produced by one of Pamela Anderson's sons, Brandon Thomas Lee. So there you go. Um, so I'm going to be looking forward to that. I cannot wait to see that. And because, you know, we all want to know the real truth. We all want to know what happened. And this show just seems super ridiculous. I mean, there's some things in there. Tommy couldn't have been that much of an asshole is all I'm saying. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. So we'll be on the lookout for that, I'm sure. And uh, we'll, we'll hear more about it. But right now, we're going to end the show. And as promised, we always do two bands you should know artists. We gave you the uh, hard. Now it's time for the heavy. And the artist that we have for you guys, I got to say, if you are a fan of Dark Throne, Behemoth, Watain, and Wolves in the Throne Room, then you are definitely going to love these guys. Formed in 2014 in Battle Creek, Michigan, as a blackened death metal band with lots of trial and error holding down the lineup, Gold Blood Fetish sprang to life in 2021 when the lineup solidified with William Chadwick, Christopher Baker, Benjamin Morris, and Paul Eagle. So without further ado, we are proud to have these guys on the show right now as your second Bands You Should Know artist. They've got a uh, album coming out, I believe, called Cover the Earth in Blood. And we want to check out their track, My Blood is Goat Blood. And I want to thank all of you once again for listening to the show. Show some support for the Ukrainians during these tough, tough times. Do whatever your part. I'm going to try to do my part. And that is uh, whatever I get for uh, this show. I'm going to try to donate myself uh, to a legitimate Ukrainian source to try to help them out. So I'm going to do some research. I'm going to check out what the who the bands are donating to. 
and I'm going to try to do the same myself. Uh, so without further ado, let's check out Goat Blood Fetish, and I will see you guys all next week right here on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast.